you can feel things changing. Some industries and individual companies are experiencing more dramatic changes than others, but we can all see that the economic situation has changed. What does this mean for you? Stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So today I want to tell you about a story from 1995. I was uh, 21 years old back then, so you can do the math and figure out how old I am, I guess. I was taking my Harley from Western Washington, where I lived, to down to Reno on Independence Day weekend. So, uh, oddly enough, the timing of the story is perfect since this is also Independence Day weekend as I'm recording this. But I was uh, taking my Harley down to uh, Reno for a long weekend, and this trip had a couple different dynamics to it. I'll just kind of explain as quickly as I can. Started out, I was heading down I-5. You know, leaving the Seattle-Tacoma area, cruising down towards Reno. And the, the plan was the first time I was going to stay in Yreka, California. And I spent much of the day on I-5 cruising down through Oregon. I mean, just like cruising right along. Not a care in the world for the most part. Once in a while, I'd have to slow down if I was driving through a city. Portland, for example, of course, and other, other cities like that along I-5. And once in a while, I'd encounter some construction and I'd have to slow down for things like that. But I knew no matter what kind of hindrance I faced, I'd be back up and cruising along at 75 or 70 miles an hour, whatever whatever speed before I knew it. Yes, I was riding a motorcycle on the freeway, which is somewhat of an inherently dangerous activity. But short of a major catastrophe, there wasn't much for me to worry about. Then as I got into southern Oregon, it got dark. And at about 9.30, just about the time that there was no sunlight left, we were still a couple hours uh, from where we were planning to stay the night. And before I knew it, I found myself on this very uh, curvy road in Northern California. And I can't remember how I got there. It was not it was not the freeway, but it was the road I had to take to get to wherever we were staying. And I found myself on this very curvy road in Northern California. And it was like a 40 mile an hour road and it had no shoulders. And for whatever reason, I just, a, a, a huge fog bank moved in and it was so foggy that I couldn't see the lines on the road. Like literally I could, I would, I would, if I looked directly down, I could kind of make them out if I was within a few feet. But if I looked forward, you know, the two second rule or whatever, if I looked forward, I, I could not see the yellow line. I could not see the white line. I couldn't see any of that stuff. It was so foggy. And at one point I considered just stopping and pulling over, but the, there was no shoulders on the road. And it was so foggy that uh, visibility was so poor that if I would have stopped, by the time somebody saw me, they would just plowed right into me. So stopping was not a good option or an option at all. And I spent a long time going like 15 to 20 miles an hour on this road. Now, again, I'm 21 years old. I'm all about speed. And let's get there, you know. And I'm, I'm doing like 15, 20 miles an hour on this road, just creeping along. You know, it's like a 40-mile-an-hour road. And I came up behind this van, 
and I could barely make out the taillights. Like I was, I don't know, it looking back, it seems like I was probably maybe 30 feet behind them. They were going even slower than me because I, I caught up to them. I could barely make out the taillights. And I remember my, my girlfriend at the time was with me, and I remember telling her specifically, if he goes off a cliff, we're going right behind him because I can't see anything. I'm literally trusting that this guy can see better than I can. He's got two headlights. I only got one. Uh, you know, and we're, we're kind of kind of at his mercy here. I literally can't see other anything except for his taillights. I'm just going, you know, doing the best I can and going really slow and hoping that if there, if there is a cliff ahead of us, I can stop before we go over it. And it just took forever. We're going so slow. And and looking back now, I've you know been riding motorcycles now for um, 30 plus years. And that was probably the scariest time I've ever had on a motorcycle. I felt completely helpless, completely out of control. We finally got to the, the place where we're standing about 1.30 in the morning. And so this this particular part of the trip was, was a couple hours that day. You know, out of the whole day, it was maybe, we'd been on the road for a long time. We were We were probably on the road for... I don't know, 16 hours that day or maybe even more, 18 hours. I don't know what it was. We got in at like 1.30 in the morning, and uh, that was the last couple hours. And uh, it was not very fun, to be honest with you. So I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, great story, Brian. But what the heck does that have to do with, with my business? Well, here's what I'm getting at. There are two distinct, distinct modes I was in on that motorcycle trip. One was I was flying down the freeway, one hand on the handlebars, uh, you know, just not a care in the world, knowing that it, short of a catastrophic incident, I was going to be fine. I was going to be able to go the speed I wanted to go. I, you know, there's nothing to worry about really other than a major catastrophe. And then all of a sudden I was in a situation where it wasn't like that. And I was really buckled down. I had to pay attention and I had to really understand that I was in a different situation. I could not have approached the the nighttime foggy curvy road in the same way I approached flying down the freeway doing 75 miles an hour, I, I would have died. I would have, I would have literally died. We would have crashed. There's no, I, I couldn't have done that. So likewise, there are two distinct modes for our business. And for the last five to eight years, uh, and especially the last two to three years, but maybe five to eight years, with the exception of the COVID shutdowns, businesses have kind of been in the mode of turning away work and literally having no concern about drumming up more business. They've kind of been in the mode of not really paying attention to their P&L. They glance at their checking account balance for reassurance that they're doing okay. Uh, increasing prices as needed without really having to spend a lot of time determining the right price. Customers have had a ton of excess cash. I think I've read a couple times that people had more money in their savings account than ever before in history because you know the government literally just threw trillions of dollars at people. More or less, if you just showed up, you could have the job, you know. Um, and quite frankly, and I don't mean this, I don't mean to sound, sound like a, a jerk about this, but quite frankly, you could be pretty mediocre and still do really well for the last few years. I, you know, again, I've shared stories with you guys about hiring a certain kind of service providers and going through five of one industry and a few of another. And, and those folks that I decided not to hire are still in business and they're still doing very well. And I would say that they're pretty mediocre companies, but they've done really well. Of course, some are doing better than others. But if you've, if you've been a consumer trying to get a project done around your house, you know what I mean. You'll pay whatever to the guy who at least shows up and gets you the bid. Like that's, that's the game, right? Or it has been for, for quite a while. Businesses are turning away work or have been. They're clamoring for employees. They're turning away work because they can't get to what they to the the jobs that they have. 
they're being very selective. They're they're being kind of picky almost about I'm only taking the the highest margin jobs and I'm not doing this kind of working work because it just it sucks or I don't like it or my employees don't like it or you know we're not doing on call shifts anymore. Like there's a number of things that have changed to benefit the company and the employees and the customers just kind of had to suck it up and deal with it because well nobody else is going to show up. So what are you going to do if you want this done? You, you kind of have to follow the rules of the company that shows up. And this is not the mode we're coming into. The economy is changing. Now, who knows how much or for how long. I don't claim to be any kind of financial expert on the you know, Wall Street and the stock market, all that stuff. I, I, I do certain things um, that keep me in tune with what's going on there, but I would not call myself an expert by any stretch. But you don't have to be an expert to plainly see that the time of fiscal Margaritaville is coming to an end. Things are costing a lot more relative to the consumer's income and how much excess cash they have. They've largely spent their excess cash. As the economy goes from a tremendous government-funded excess economy into a recession or worse, people's buying habits are going to change. As the consumer's perception of their own financial stability changes, so will their criteria for making buying decisions. So here's a couple of very specific things I've already seen getting businesses in serious trouble. And again, as I'm recording this, it's, it's July 2nd. We're literally just at the halfway point through the year. And this phenomenon I'm talking about is, is maybe six to, mm, six to 12 weeks in. We're not very far into this. We can see things are changing. And, and there's very specific things that are already have people in serious trouble. That's why I'm talking about this now. I'm not a naysayer. I'm not a a glass half empty kind of person, but I am pragmatic. And I am of the mind that when, when indications are, are, you know, flashing signals at you, you got to pay attention. And hopefully in six months, the indications will flash different signals. We'll be right back off to the races again. We'll be right back down going I five 75 miles an hour and life is good again. But right now that's not the information we're getting right now. The information we're getting is you better be cautious People's buying decisions are changing. The costs uh, associated with running your business have dramatically changed in some cases. And this notion you can just kind of fly on autopilot and not pay attention to your financials, those days are over. So that's the first thing I want to talk about is we've just kind of gotten out of the habit, by and large. I'm not saying everybody has. I am saying that by and large, I'm seeing a very significant trend of people who just got out of the habit of reading their PL every month. And, and all of a sudden they realize, hmm, my savings account doesn't quite have the same amount of money it did. My checking account's dramatically less than it was a few months ago. And now for a couple months, like that might have happened 18 months ago. For a month or two, you might have said, hmm, my checking account's kind of down. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's fine again. Well, that's not the case right now. The checking accounts and savings accounts have been down for a while, and people are starting to look at their PL which they haven't necessarily looked at for a few months, and they're going, holy crap, I got a major problem here. What's going on? And it's important to understand that there's a, there's a few things, you know, I don't know, maybe it's three, maybe it's 10. I've never actually sat down to the math and counted, but there's a few things that if you just don't pay attention to, these are fatal flaws. I think I've, well, I've done a series on the, uh, the seven, seven you know, deadly sins of business or whatever, uh, seven deadly defects is what I called it. And one of those, so I guess maybe I have done the math. <laughs> I should probably think before I talk on some of this stuff. Uh, one of the seven deadly defects and one of the absolute things that will put you out of business is not having 
the right cash flow, and not having enough money to pay your bills. If you're losing money or on the verge of losing money, you're going to go out of business. And so this 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 is one of the first, if not the first, I, I'm saying it's the first. You might have other priorities you got to face first, but I'm telling you that it, from what I'm seeing, people just got out of the habit of, of looking at their P&L every month, and it, all of a sudden it's 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 nine months since I read my P&L, and I, I'm only looking because my checking account is, is lower or savings account is lower. And now I'm diving in and realizing that, holy crap, I've been in trouble for four or five months and didn't even know it. Or three months. You know, sometimes for businesses, you have uh, a couple months where you lose 10, 5%, 10%. Like, it, that's, that's, it'll take you a year to get out of that. So this is sometimes uh, fatal. This is a catastrophic failure or one of the seven deadly defects I've talked about. And I, I want to be really clear here. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not saying that this is a big thing when it's not. This is literally going to put some people out of business if they don't start paying attention and tuning in to what's going on with their financials. The other thing is, aside from financials, companies have not had to work very hard to sell work. Salespeople and revenue-producing employees are out of practice closing on selling jobs or, or really having to, to, to put the work in to get a customer to say yes. The customer has been saying yes to whoever shows up. The customers have been having a hard time getting reliable people to just come and look at the job and give them a bid and, and, and be on time and do what they say they're going to do. If you just showed up, you got most of what you wanted. We've been turning away work, not trying to get more. And the balance of addressing the customer's needs versus the company's needs have been very much skewed to the company's side. Companies in some industries have even gotten particular about how big of a how profitable job they'll even consider doing. Like if it's under $5,000, $10,000, we don't even do that stuff anymore. If it requires us doing this kind of work, we don't do that anymore. Like this is just not stuff we do anymore. And I'm not, I'm not like opposed to that. Like, hey, I, listen, I get it. You got to keep your employees happy. You got you to gotta be profitable. You make hay when the sun shines. We've all heard that. I get it. And I'm not saying uh, that, that those days are over for good. Absolutely not. There will be a time when those days come back. It might be in six months. It might be in a year and a half. It might not be for six years. I, who knows? I have no idea. There's no way for me to know that. People uh, way smarter than me are going to have to figure that out. And I'm not saying the recession we're going into is going to put people out of business per se. As I always say, I do not know how deep or how long this is going to last. And I personally tend to operate under the kind of prepare for the worst and hope for the best kind of mentality. When the indications are showing things are bad, first thing I'm going to ask is, well, how bad can it get? And let's prepare for that. And in most cases, uh, we won't hit those points. Sometimes we will, and I'm really happy that I prepared for it. In most cases, we won't. And we look back and go, well, hey, at least we were prepared. It's fine. We don't have to... <laughs> We don't have to suffer through every worst-case scenario. It's okay to, to just get lucky a few times, right? But here's the thing. Companies who continue to operate as if this is just a minor downturn, like the one you probably don't even remember happening in 2018, will pay a massive consequences if they're wrong. If they're right, then they'll, they'll move on, of course. But if this is not like 2018, and this is like 20 or 2008, 2009, and they continue operating like they're flying down the freeway doing 75 miles an hour and out of care in the world, they're going to go out of business in some cases. They're at least going to have major consequences, financial and otherwise, that they're really going to have to work to get out of. Uh, you know, again, just as if I, if I kept driving on that curvy road in the fog the way I was in the freeway, I would not have survived. I would have hit a tree or something like that. Who knows? Now, could we bounce right back? Absolutely. Russia could announce that they've decided to leave Ukraine. The Fed could figure out some magical, never-heard-before 
method of solving massive inflation problems without raising interest rates sky high. I guess those things are possible. I could find out tomorrow I'm the great-grandnephew of some billionaire in Scotland who died and left me a fortune. Theoretically, that's possible too. But none of those things are likely. If we continue on the economic path we're on, which is clear and obvious, except for those who are just wishing it wasn't true, some companies will continue to operate as if things will just work out. Some business owners will continue to spend time on the golf course or on the lake instead of diving into their financials. Some companies will spend their time, their training time, training their salespeople and revenue-producing employees to focus on the needs of the company rather than the needs of the customer. Those things are all 100% true. Those companies are in serious trouble if we continue on the current economic path we're on. And I'm having this conversation with all of my clients. 100% of clients I've talked to in the last two weeks I've had this conversation with. And these... I'm not saying that people are doing the wrong thing. I'm not saying it's it's bad that we've had this phase. I, I'm again, I'm all for it. let's work life balance, man. Let's go get it. Let's go. Let's get the money when it's there to be made. I'm all for that stuff. But this is not the time to operate like everything's just going to work out, as it has been safe to do so for the last several years. This is the time to proceed with caution. We have to dive into our financials. We have to reacquaint ourselves with. The, the modality of, of understanding when to look at our financials. You know, I've, I've gone through that kind of stuff in previous podcasts. You can go back and listen to those. There's at least once a month, you got you to gotta spend some time and dive into your P&L and understand it. You have to identify the top three to five areas you can really impact the financial performance and health of your company. Those things we got to get back to right now. We do not have time to wait on that stuff. Some of you listening will do that and you will find that you've been in trouble for a couple months and you haven't, even, you haven't recognized it yet because it's just we haven't been paying attention. The next thing is we got to educate our employees. They may not know that things are about to change or we're kind of in this changing phase. And again, I'm not saying we're in this forever. I want to be really clear about this. It might last for six months and we come right out of it. But our employees are going to make decisions based upon the notion that it's we're still Margaritaville when it's not. Margaritaville is closed right now but they won't make decisions differently unless we educate them. So I'm not saying you tell people that the sky is falling and the company is going to be really hurt. And they, I'm not saying you do any of that stuff. I am saying you got to let people know, Hey, right now we're in a more cautionary mode right now. We're going to, you know, those things we would have spent $2,000 on, you know, four or five months ago and not even really thought about it. Maybe we're going to dial down our, our um, amount that we're going to spend without having a discussion about it. Maybe we're going to put on whole things we don't, you know, things we, uh, we, we would like to have we don't have to have right now. now. Those kinds of things are conversations we need to have. They can make more pragmatic and fiscally responsible decisions if they know it's time to do that. They can help you improve efficiencies if they're aware that we're in more of a cautionary mode. The next thing is we got to start identifying what's special and unique about our companies again from the customer's point of view. Again, we've kind of been out of that mode. You show up, you get the work, the work that you want. You turn away the stuff you, you don't want, that you, you turn away the stuff that you can't get to. We're going to have to start reacquainting ourselves with, with these things of like what's special and unique about our company from the customer's point of view. Why should they buy from us instead of Brand X? And we got to start training our team about speaking to those needs. That kind of training takes time. That is not generally something you can teach in, in a few weeks. Generally speaking, if you wait until you realize you need that kind of training, it might be too late. So there's just a few things there that I would really recommend focusing on. Again, this is not sky is falling conversation. This is not, I, I hate that this comes across like a lecture. It's not meant to be that way. I'm only this serious about it because I'm already seeing where it's really dramatically hurting people who've just, who've just been in the mode where things are going to be okay. And oftentimes we can run like that. 
this is not one of those times. So first thing we have to do is come to the grips with the idea that we are not in Margaritaville mode right now. That's first and foremost. Again, January 3rd, 2023, it might be right back off to the races again. The Fed might just start print, printing trillions of dollars again and say, you know what, inflation, who cares? We're just going to start throwing money at the problem and people are just going to have a lot of excess cash again. That's, those things are possible. Until we see those indications, though, this is not the time to pretend like it's going to be that way. This is the time to proceed with caution. we got to dive into our financials. we got to identify the top three to five areas you can really impact the financial health and performance of your company. you got to dive into your financials at least once a month, if not more. Have a day. I used to always do it like on the 8th. The books had to be closed on the 8th. I would dive into the financials on the 8th, and that was the day that I knew that was my job that day, was to make sure everything was okay. Next thing is we got to educate our employees. They may not know things are about to change or we're in this changing uh, phase. They can be more pragmatic and responsible fiscally with decision-making if they know it's time to do that. They're not going to necessarily do that on their own. And they can help you improve efficiencies if they're aware that we're in that kind of mode right now. We got to start identifying what's special and unique about your company from the customer's point of view. We got to start training our team about speaking to those needs. It doesn't hurt to, to train that stuff and not have to utilize it right now. It does hurt if you don't train it now and you need it in three months and, and now it takes you six months to get that going. That will hurt you. So taking that kind of training just takes time or that kind of training just takes time. We have to understand that. Um, we just, we can't get around that. So again, I kind of, a, I hope it's not a downer. I hope it doesn't sound like a downer. This is a conversation I'm having with every, virtually every business owner I come across. I'm spending a few minutes talking about this stuff. These very specific things, clients I work with and people I just bump into, I know I know who are business owners. Um, I don't, again, I can't get into specifics on things, but there's just enough people I've seen where they, there's a, an impact going on that they just hadn't been aware of yet. And, and some of those are going to be substantial for people. The longer people run in this mode of we can fly down the freeway doing 75 and we're on that curvy road, the longer people do that, the, the bigger risk they have, the bigger the catastrophe can be. So. Um, other things, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry. Again, this podcast is for people in construction, uh, contractors, uh, auto repair shops, body shops, detail shops, home service providers like carpet cleaners, um, uh, housekeeping services, landscaping, all those kinds of home services as well. Business to business, CPAs, firms, IT service providers, janitorial, like anybody whose business is primarily providing a service instead of a product, that's who this podcast is for. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please take a minute to, to share this with a friend or colleague. I sure appreciate it. Um, my, my goal is to, to make this available to as many business owners as possible. I know there's tons of coaches out there that are great cheerleaders and great if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't kind of stuff. And that's all very important. That's not really what I do. I'm more of a nuts and bolts and... One of my clients said, I'm the eat your vegetables guy, which that's, that's fine. Somebody's got to do it, right? I teach things that are, that are practical and applicable to all these businesses. And, and quite frankly, they don't have a chance to get this everywhere. This is not stuff that is, is sexy or glamorous to talk about. So a lot of folks don't. So please share this with your friends and colleagues who are business owners in service industries. Um, if you, it, I, it, again, I just want to help these people as much as possible. I don't know anywhere else they can get the information that I talk about. So... Hopefully you find it valuable for yourself, but also pass along to your friends. Uh, and the other thing is, if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. I would sure appreciate that if you can spare a couple minutes. Thanks to everyone who's done that so far. Uh, but if you, you right now, you listening, if you haven't had a chance to do that, if you could just take a minute and do it, that would be fantastic. I would really appreciate that. 
And as always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of our community. And I uh, hope you have, guys have a great, had a great holiday. And uh, that's it for next, this week. I'll see you all next